In this episode of the Upgraded Life Podcast, Dr. Nick Sotella will help a man gain clarity on his core values. Most people need help when it comes to getting clarity on core values, and you'll get a front row seat on working with Dr. Sotelo. looks like. So buckle up and listen to our ride on the Upgraded Life Podcast. Hello, thanks for tuning in to the Upgraded Life podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nick Sotelo. The Upgraded Life is my personal project where I help people realize and reach their potential. I've been a professional helper for 20 years. Here's what I'm convinced of. The life that you have right now and the life that you want tomorrow is a product of your personal mindset, mission, and movement. Each episode of the Upgraded Life podcast is going to give you something that you can do as soon as the episode is over to upgrade your personal mindset. Your mindset informs your mission. Your mission tells you how to move every single day. And together, that is the upgraded life. How do you coach on the core values here? Because this is something I, I dive into all the time. And I've been doing it even long before DEA. So I'm always curious to see you know, from a master's point of view. Yeah. I mean, I, I run into people, you know, quite frequently that when you, and it happens within the DEA too, I mean, where they will say, oh yeah, I've done core values before. And then I'll say, well, great. Tell me what they are. And they can't. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, yeah. so at some point in time, yes, somebody told them to do a core values exercise and maybe they did it. But it never it never went much beyond that, right? In terms of one point in time, I I roughed out some words that, that I felt like I could I could attach to or or, or tolerate or live with, right? And so, yeah. but I really got introduced to it. I actually, I did a podcast kind of episode on core values and and where I got introduced to it. But I got introduced to it early in my career working with uh, working in youth corrections and core values was really offered up as the primary intervention with helping kids get out of gangs. Hmm. And so meaning that you know, pretty much everybody has an idea of, of what's, what's right and wrong. People have an idea of what they want to do. And most of that gets, you know, usurped by, by the gang, you know? And so it's helping, it's helping the young person to kind of see those things. Right. And then, you know, creating that cognitive dissonance, then huh, maybe I ought to think differently about this, right? And so, yeah. so when I, I learned it as literally as a, as a matter of life and death in terms of the context that it was being, you know, taught and delivered and trained into me, right? And so, I mean, that was, you know, 20 plus years ago now. And then I kind of zipped forward and I'm in the Alliance and, you know, I've, I've been in the Alliance since there was like 100 and, 130 members, I think, is when I came around. And, you know, we're, we're up over 800 now. And you know, I started hearing, you know, this talk about core values and I, it kind of perked my ears. And then, then I would hear men talk about, oh, yeah, I'm trying this core value out and I'm trying that core value out. And I, I just it just didn't sit well with me. And so I kind of started putting out some some of my own content around what is the process? What are core values? And I know that, you know, there's different opinions on that. And, I, and I'm okay with that as long as people know where their opinion comes from. Yeah. But, but I don't think core values are a shirt that you try on in the store, look in the mirror and see, does it fit or not? And then if it doesn't, you, 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 you take it off and try another one on. I, 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 don't, I don't ascribe to that. Do you uh, feel they evolve? Not really. I think, it's a, I think it's a discovery process where you haven't, you, you didn't really truly discover it. 
I, okay. I think it's there, right? Yeah. So I'm a believer of of what I would call and what James Hillman would call the the acorn theory, and where it's the it's the idea that we're all we're all basically born into this world with with everything that we need, at least from an internal makeup. But it's it's dependent on you know our environments to help us grow into that thing, right? And so. So it's there. And so it's more of a, it's more of a removal process and a discovery process as it is trying to be something that you're not. And so does it evolve? Yes, but I don't, and it doesn't involve in like, I, I think it's, I think it's more of a matter of you haven't been true to yourself along the way versus trying to be something different. You know? Sure. Do you think maybe it's the language too? Cause this is something that I've experienced. Cause I do it out like every year, right. Or not even every year. I, I try to do it as often as possible to reconnect with it. Like I always want to reinforce it, but this year I found I evolved like past it. And it's not that it changed. It's just the language, what I resonated with kind of changed a little bit yeah. with what I've learned and, yeah. and being, I guess, more connected with what I truly value as opposed to that superficial, like I grab before I would just grab, kind of grab that superficial one because it felt good because it right. seemed to, to fit. And now as I'm, you know, as I'm kind of opening up my vision a little bit more and getting the words for it, like becoming yeah. a little bit more sophisticated and understanding what some of those values truly mean, it's yeah. changing. And I still don't feel that maybe mine are 100% dialed in. Yeah. There's like two that, like one that never changes yeah. for me. And, and I think if you look at, you know, corporate structure, mission, vision, values, right? Yeah. I adhere to that. Like that's my right. kind of philosophy anyway. And this is where I think things get get mixed up for people, especially when, you know, the, in this question or this exchange that we're having right now, right? Very seldom, very seldom do the do the values change in that, but the but the vision can change and the mission can change, right? And so I think I think the the part of does it evolve or I think that's more about the execution of the values and less about the values themselves. So if 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 somebody says health is a core value, well, that literally can in terms of execution that can mean you know, thousands of different things, right? But the, does that mean that the value is different or change? I, I don't think so. You may, you may not have clarity on, on why the execution is, is different or where it's coming from, but I don't think that the value itself is, has changed. Mm -hmm. I think that's where some people get caught up in it, you know, or at least in terms of the confusion. So, okay. And then in terms of where you, how you source them, then do you feel that it's less words? Like it's more major tropes like major areas yeah yeah absolutely so it's how would you how would you define it i mean so the core values are the things that when you know if you, if you get reduced literally to you know even i was going to say down to clothes that you're wearing but even even beyond you know if you if you get reduced to the human being the way you came into this world what what is left of you right and i think core values is is something that's still that's still part of you regardless of what what your material circumstances or what your what your relational circumstances so it's kind of like job i guess right yeah no and that's and that's a really good takeaway the material and and the relationship then what are you left with right yeah, mm -hmm. yeah i'm not i'm not very like i i'm not very religious but i've read the bible you yeah. know 100 100 times just because i do think that the parables and the lessons are very interesting and that's why when you brought up the book of job i'm like that for me was always a unique story in that you know, in that context, because I think it's one of the ones that made me think the most in terms of, yeah, who are you when you strip everything away? That's, I've never explored it that way. 
and I've been through the meat grinder. So if anyone kind of knows, like, strip away my wealth, strip away my relationship with my wife, you know, strip away my my health. Yeah, because I like my story is I was very successful in the energy sector, and then had my cancer diagnosis, right, and, right. and hit my and hit my wall of I right. just don't want to do this shit anymore. Right. But then panicked, sold everything, put all my money into bad decisions, lost all of it, and then also had my wife tell me, yeah, this isn't working for me. So I kind of look at all that going, well, when you put it in that context, who who am I? Right. Like, who's that guy who came out on the other side, that core nucleus? Yeah. I've never thought of my values that way. Yeah. And, you know, terrible situation to go through. And at the same time, did you have to go through it in order to to get to to the person that you are now? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because without, without the crucible, without the adversity, right. I had created a world in my brain where like everything was taken for granted. Right. right? It's like my, you know, the one thing where good times make weak people, weak people make bad times, bad times make strong people, strong people make good times. And I was blessed to grow up in an environment that set me up for good times. And I think this is, this is very interesting because as we go into a period now, or have we gone through like with COVID and with the economy and with recessions and everything else, I feel I'm in a, the best position to handle this hard time. Right. So, sorry, I know we're going on tangents. I don't know if this is how you usually structure these calls. Oh, I'm is, just, fine. yeah. Yeah. Cause I want to, I want to honor your time yeah. and, and your teaching here. So, so what do you yeah. normally do? How do you, how do you do that? Yeah. I'm, I'm looking for a graphic to pull up there that I'm not being successful. Give me a, give me a second here. And I'm, I'm recording this too, if that's okay with you. This might be useful. Well, right. I was gonna I was gonna ask you if you if you'd be a guest on my podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Because I just I'm starting with the core stuff. Um, my first few episodes that I'm recording right now are about core vision, core values, oh, mission, yeah. vision, love and it. I would love to have you as just to talk like exactly what you just said right now because I don't present it that way, and I would love to change how I think about things. Yeah. So this is my this is my roadmap. All of the processes that I use for for programs, coaching, content creation, book writing, it all it all fits this three by three kind of roadmap process. This is kind of my my starting point. Whenever I think about how much how am I going to bring something to to the to the world, I, I always think in this three by three. And so and then another shape that I'm really sold on is is you know the pyramid of change is kind of what I call it. But especially right now in the DEA where, you know, obviously we're talking about vision and goals and that type of a thing, like everybody else is, you know, but at that, the most important layer in that pyramid of change is the base layer, right? It's, it's the, and that's where, you know, it takes the most, it takes, probably takes the most work, but it's the, it's the layer that that's responsible for creating the most change and sustaining the change. But it's not the, it's not the, it's not what sells, right? People get sold. So it's, it's, it's enough balance and structure is the kind of the first three layers of the pyramid. People get sold structure, right? And, and that's why those programs usually don't work is because we don't, they don't have the enough layer hammered out and they don't have the balance layer hammered out. So for me, Core values is part of the the enough layer, the base layer of that pyramid of change. And what do you pop into that base layer other than just core values? Yeah, so it's it depends on what I'm talking about here. It's Ang- just, I'm just very in, familiar with anger resolution. Just in general, it's if, if you're talking about personal development, let's let's kind of broad brush that. If you're talking about 
I'm here and I want to be here, whatever, whatever the reasons are and whatever your circumstance is, right? That's usually what the path of personal development is. Then it's, it's the base layer is, is mindset in, in my opinion. And meaning that you, you can have a ton of skills, you can have a ton of resources, but if there's a, if there's a thing up here that's telling you that it's not going to work, well, then it's not going to work, right? And so the base layer for me is core values, affirmations, and inner vision work. So those that, that's that's in the base. Now, if you're talking health, like if you're if 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 somebody's looking to to improve their health, well, then you add you add other things on there, right? In the base layer, it's you know it's 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 understanding understanding what you eat and why you eat it. And it's understanding how you move your body and why you're moving your body. And then you add the the mindset stuff to, to that, right? And so, but but for me and, and working with people, the, the mindset and those three facets, core values, affirmations, and inner vision work, it's always part of the base layer. Mm-hmm. So getting the core values, you have, you know, I saw that you have your five outlined. Yeah. And I usually try to get people to three to five versus some, some exercises or some approaches is, you know, 10, 20, you know, yeah. here's a list of 200 words and get it down to 30. Yes. Uh, it's not a Clifton strengths, but even there, they do, they go down to five, right? No, I hear you. Yeah. And even within the five, I think that, you know, I've done this exercise enough times where I look and go, I can resonate, like what doesn't change? Yeah. So, and the reason for three to five is that I you know, I'm, I'm kind of calling this, how do you install your core values? Right. And so it's one thing to have core values. How do you, how do you install them into your life? And if you're trying to install 10 plus core values, or it just kind of becomes meaningless, you're not going to be able to keep up with it. Right. And so three to five seems to be the sweet spot to, to really do something with core values. So, so what do you do? And this is kind of a starting with the end and working our way back, but you know, ultimately core values should be our, our, your goalposts, your ditches, your anchor points, wh- whatever kind of metaphor you want to use, Yeah. but they, they should be the thing that you are referencing pretty much be- before you just decide to, to do or say anything. You, you should be, you should be present with your core values, mindful of your core values. This is why in the Alliance, and you'll see me particularly being Johnny on the spot with it for the most part, somebody will come in and say, I have problem x or question x what should i do first thing i'm saying well what do your core values tell you to do right and again here's yeah. another example if you've got 10 or 20 core values well they're probably telling you a lot of different things that they're just confusing you more than more than anything but so i'm always going to push people back to, to core values, especially in our group because it's part of the onboarding process yeah yeah and it was interesting too because when i did the centurion you know i did it again with centurion but then when i led the legionnaire like when i was a legionnaire that was the one i emphasized a lot with the guys and i'm like if you don't do this exercise you're basically not going to be able to complete the rest of the stuff right right. (laughs) and i've had you know there was one guy that was in the alliance several years back and he he was posting this kind of like locker room story about how he was a single dad and he was buying some yard yard tools off of off of Craigslist and it happened to be, you know, from this single gal. And anyway, they ended up hooking up and then, you know, she was then constantly calling him and texting him. And, you know, he's trying to figure out how to, how to, you know, break it off or should he and whatever. And that was my first question, you know, I was like, well, what are your core values telling you to do in this scenario? And then he said, I can't remember what he said, something flippant back. And then, you know, I probably wasn't as effective responding to him, but this is what he said. He said, well, one of my core values is 
fun. And I think it's fun to have casual sex with with people you know i said okay well then well then there you go right you're gonna you're reaping what you're sowing there right yeah he also thought it was fun to you know be high on a consistent basis and and didn't didn't really respond to a lot of the kind of the you know the pushback you know from some of us in the alliance and again you know that's not a that's not a moralistic judgment but it's the idea of okay you you did this action this is this is what you chose to do we're telling you as a group to to make sure that your actions and choices are are values informed so then when we ask you what your values are you know you came back with this well this is fun for me well if it's fun then then enjoy the fun right clearly there's no problem the problem exists because you're there's something incongruent here absolutely yeah yeah and so, you know, it's not about, and I think this is an important piece too, so it's not about my values, you know, whether I'm in a position of authority or coaching or whatever it is, it's not about my values. It's about, it's about the person that I'm working with. It's about their values, right? And it's totally fine for them to be different than, than what my values are, right? So anyway, three to five. So it's the idea that, you know, you need to be mindful of those, you know, almost like the back of your hand, second nature. And so what I, what I will do is, you know, most people, for better or for worse, are carrying one of these around. And so then I will tell folks to, you know, set three alarms in your phone, especially when this is new to them, right? And then have it go off, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, you know, at least three times a day, kind of throughout the day. And it's just an alarm. And when it goes off, all, all it is, is a prompt for you to be, to be, to, to conjure up your, your core values. Yeah, right? a check-in. And it doesn't mean that you have to, you know, bring up a big, long document and you know, take 15 minutes. It's just, it's just an alarm that goes off that's, that's prompting you to remember your core values. Again, mm-hmm. three to five, you're going to be much more capable of remembering them. 10, 20, 15, 30 of them, you're probably not going to be able to do much with that. All right. So, yeah. so then the next layer back from that is the five or the three to five that get picked. Right. And so, and for you, Pete, you listed relationships, connection, energy, significance, and resilience. Yeah. And those are five words that again, with, with 8 billion people on the planet have the potential of having 8 billion different definitions and applications. Right. And so, and sometimes even when we pick them for whatever reason, we not we may not be clear on what it is that those words actually mean to us as an individual. And this is where I think the going through this with somebody process brings more value to it than somebody going through it on their own. Yeah. So what? Yeah, challenge me on that. I would yeah. love to be challenged on yeah. on this a little bit. Yeah. So we can just kind of march through them uh, sure. in terms of of that. And so we can just start from the top re- relationships. What, what what is what is what are relationships to you? That is my number one. And if I had to only pick one core value, that would that it doesn't it's never changing. It's the north star for me. And so for me, relationships is is cultivating and having good relationships, not just like not just you know flippant relationships or superficial relationships. I like to dive deep with people. So the relationships I have with my parents completely different than what my sister has. I'm open with them. I'm honest with them. I will share. Same thing with my wife. I'm fully transparent with her. I love, I want her to know the real me and I want to know the real her. And same thing with my children. And then with my friends, I'm not afraid to dive deep. I'm not afraid to ask the important questions because I want to know them better. And that, I think that's the, that's how I see relationships is that I just want to know everybody that's in my sphere of influence better. How, how come? One is this desire to understand because I'm curious, I'm cur- naturally curious. I, I want to understand them. I want to see how I can be of service 
that seems to always come up for me too. Like that significance one popped up this year because I think I understood what significance means. I have this urge to always show up and make the air place I'm in better. And the only way I can do that is if I know people well. And and for me too, it's pleasurable. Like, you know, I'm wearing a football jersey but or shirt, but if I go to a, a game, like a football game or a hockey game or, you know, whatever, I'm more interested to talk to the person sitting beside me than I am to watch the event. So for me, a lot of this interest that I collect, some of them are just for me. And then some of them are so I can become more, so I can relate to people. That I think also comes from feeling like an outsider as a kid and always trying to see if I can kind of fit myself in. That's the chameleon part. What, what made you an outsider as a kid? <clears throat> I'm an immigrant kid or son of immigrants, but I was raised kind of like, you know, isolated from North American culture quite a bit. My parents protected me, very sheltered. My only friends were like my cousins. And then I was bullied a lot as a kid as well. So I always felt like I, people didn't understand me. And so I think that's probably where that drives it. And I was always very chatty, very friendly. I always wanted to make friends. I always wanted to be part of the energy. Not the crowd necessarily, because I didn't feel like I had to follow people because I would opt out. But I do like to be a part of group. It just it energizes me. So, so one one of the one of the prove it to me challenges is you know if you if you were to look at your calendar, you pull up your calendar, however you structure your time, where would I see relationships present on that calendar? I think you would see it in like setting up coffee talk, like coffees with people, like my friends. Uh, you'll see it with allocating time with my kids so that I'm there for them, like doing picking them up from school spending you know i don't calendar it but i always have it in my head as a calendar so let's sit down and do homework together because for me that's a time to connect with them bedtime coffee with my wife like sit down for five minutes in the morning and just have a coffee with her so for me that coffee that going for a drink with a friend setting up a tennis thing so and again i do sports that are social because that social component is very important so you would see that in my calendar and then you know the da is another perfect example you would see places i go to be coached, get coached, or be a part of a like, group. So what what happens if like a week goes by and you've noticed that kind of your your baseline is, or you, you know, you, you're, you've dipped below your baseline for connection? Oh, yeah, I go crazy. I go nuts. Yeah, I, I'm like a caged animal. Yeah, okay. it was funny. My very, like one of my report cards was pizza, great kid, great student, but he talks to his neighbors too much, right? Like that's, I don't think you can change that from adult, you know, 46-year-old Pete. Right. So what's the difference then between Moving, moving through the next one. What's the difference then for you between relationship and connection? That's, I think we, I can merge those two because for me, relationship is connection. But I think I put it down this year because that's my word of the year. That's like the, what I want to, how I want relationship to look. I want it to be connection. Like I want to be diving in even deeper. I don't want to be super, like I want to eliminate superficiality. I want to get to know that person across the table from me. And I want them to get to know me. So it's it's that equal part, that reciprocity. So I probably could merge those two. And then energy, what does that mean to you? Energy is a big one for me. You know, I never really appreciated it until until I got cancer, until I lost a thyroid and I had to really manage my burnout. And it's one of those things where I'm, I ask myself this question a lot. What am I doing when I'm at my best? And I have high energy. And that's when I'm at my best. When I'm in low energy, I'm at my worst. And it's interesting because right now I'm doing kind of the 90-day challenge of waking up at 5 a.m., working out, doing, it's kind of like kind of like a 75 hard. And I find that waking up at 5 a.m. is not the problem. Getting through my day is not the problem. But when my energy lags towards the end of the day, I show up as a worse version of myself. And having that energy, and I, and I visualize it like a battery. And I don't know if this is a core value or if this is a, a theme for this year. 
because that's where I get confused. Is it a core value or is it my 2023 theme? Right. Right. And I was, and I've been visualizing it like this for the last five years though. It's like after having kids, after having a high stress job, after, you know, being married almost 10 years, my energy levels are low. And if I'm not mindful of having high, ener- high energy, then I don't show up like I yeah. want to. So how do you, how do you, how do you moderate that energy level? How, how do you, how do you keep it, you know, so it's enough to sustain you? And that's, that's the challenge. But what I've, tried to do is I've tried to slot in. So for as extroverted as I am for meeting people, I do need time to be alone. So I need time by myself in quiet and I need a reset through the days. So it's not like I'm not one of those people who can just meditate in the morning and be like, oh, I'm good for the day. Like I have to check in again, at, you know, in the afternoon, I got to take a nap. I have to have some alone time somewhere else during the day when I'm having those those kind of lulls or those periods where I'm really run down. That's how I man. I think I manage it that way. So does that require you to to say no thing no to things, given its potential to you know zap too much energy from you? Yeah, yeah. Then how about significance? Significance is a word I kind of learned this year, thanks to the human needs exercise, the Tony Robbins kind of yep. human needs one, and I realized. It was really important to me, like significance. I always called my, like, I think I always identified with being a diva, a high, a high performer, but I also want high praise. I also want to make a huge impact, like all of those things. It never really popped up before until I did that human needs kind of exercise. And I realized that's what I need. I need to feel significant. I need to be working on things that matter to me, that I think matter on a large scale. And it's funny because as I do like an autopsy over the last 40 years, it was for approval in the beginning. It's to get that pat on the head and, hey, you did a good job, you know. But then I also looked at my career and I always put myself in places where I would make the biggest impact, right? And regardless of the pat was nice, the, the money was a good kind of reward. But when I was making a lot of money and not making impact and not being significant or feeling insignificant, right. it didn't matter. Like I didn't give a shit about the money. And so I look at that. And then as I evolved to coaching and to like even the work that I do at the government, that's significant work. And as long as I feel like I'm doing significant things, I operate like I'm happy. And then what's, an, I mean, so you said that you've been in situations where you didn't feel like you were having an impact. So how, how do you determine the difference for you? Like, how do you know when you're having an impact versus when you're not? In my corporate one, it was bottom line, right? So what's your, you know, what's your ROI? What's your net, you know, revenue that you've created? What's the return to shareholder value, which is the term that I was always judged by. As I've grown and evolved, now I look at the significance. At, does it help one person? Is it significant? Is my contribution significant to one person? And that's how I've keep, that's how I've pivoted now. So if I'm in the in the government role, you know, you're familiar with the government a lot of what we do as work is insignificant, right? But I look at it like, okay, what if I help one person make their job a little bit easier? What if I help one person through a hard, through a, you know, some struggle, either work just by being there, just to talk to them. What if I'm a leader that they're lacking or, or if I can become the leader that is lacking, I now view that as significant. So that's how I pivoted that external kind of like metrics to, to my own personal metric. And it, I mean, so in that, in that, you know, corporate example where you felt like it was just a bottom line, were there not opportunities to, to do the same there in terms there of, were. yeah, yeah, there were, and I would, and I would migrate towards that. So I would migrate towards mentoring, you know, I loved mentoring 
in the corporate world. Like for me, that was probably after when I become like middle management, the only thing I liked doing was going around talking to people, seeing how I could help them build their skills, grow their, you know, mind, like all the stuff. And I hated having to answer to the board of directors. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. So, I mean, that's another place where, you know, I, I have my, you know, 20 plus years working in state government and then in, in a corrections environment and really seeing what burnout can look like both in myself and, and other people. And so I have my own unique ideas on, on burnout, but to make it tie into what we're talking about here is, you know, burnout for me categorically is about when people aren't deriving purpose or value from the work that they do. And again, if somebody isn't crystal clear and solidified on their core values, then they can find themselves in a work environment that's actually asking them, asking them to do things on a daily basis that are contrary to their core values, right? Yeah, when they yeah, that's the- that's how I see I see burnout as just I don't give a shit, you know, in yeah. the layman term. Stop when you stop giving a shit right. about everything. Yeah, because that was uh, me. That was yeah. me at forty, right? And if you're not, and if you're not consciously aware of your core values, and then you know, again, when you when you get into that. I don't give a shit mode. Okay, that's a state of being. You know, you you, you mentioned Tony Robbins. I, I'm in the I'm in the state of being of I don't give a shit. How come? Oh, well, it's because th- these are the things that are important to me, and this is what I get asked to do every single day, and those things don't don't line up, right? So you can either start to seek those things out in your current situation to help and you know, make that a little bit better, or you'd have to decide that you need to find a different place to be where you, your core values are more in align with what you're being asked to do every single day. Right. Yeah. The problem is, is that on the value side, so that's purpose on the value side is that people back themselves into a corner, meaning that they, they, they can't see themselves leaving their job because of things like the golden handcuffs or they're too old now and people don't hire old people or, you know, all these things that we tell ourselves, you yeah. know, that, that keep stories us coming, coming back to a place that, you know, is basically chewing our soul away one bite at a time. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And I can even see some of that creeping up now because it's like, you know, there's the day job and then there's the, the business I want to create. Right. I can, I can see myself creating those same thoughts about, well, you know, you got to, got to pay the bills. So it's, yeah, that's, I think that's a struggle, but thankfully I can, I have more resources now than I do, than I did before. Tell me about resilience. I was talking with my cousin about grit in the summer Mm -hmm. and we were kind of reminiscent on what all the things that we've been through. And it's funny because I'm, I've been, I've always been really hard on myself that I'm not resilient enough. But then when I do the, again, the audit of the last 40 years, I was kind of like, fuck, no, I'm quite resilient. Like I've always faced real obstacles and I've always overcome real obstacles. It's not perfect and I don't come out the other side looking clean and shiny, but I am resilient and anything I get thrown at me, I don't just sit and break, you know, and, and the last five years taught me that sometimes I'll be in a bad place for a year, but I'll come out of it. Like I can, I like it's in, it's, I'm incapable of sitting in a bad place for the rest of my life. And that's what makes me different than every other person or, you know, like not every other person, but a lot of the people that I have interacted with is some people will just sit in their shit for 20 years and I won't. So I think that resilience is that I will take a hit, but I still keep going. I'll feel bad. Like, I feel like I won't be able to, that this will break me and then it doesn't. And then I get through it. And I think that has become really part of my identity and it's always been there. I just never was, I never gave it credit for being there. 
what's and what's the identity piece the resilience the grit okay yeah the i can i can do hard things i have done hard things i can take a punch and keep going i you know adversity I had I had it too good for too long, I think. And I think that was it. It's just that I had I was riding in a good way for too long and then didn't build myself up and didn't develop additional skills. So when adversity hit me, I wasn't prepared. But it's not that it was and I started doubting myself, but it wasn't that it wasn't there. It was that I didn't sharpen that knife for ten years. Right. So I think I think that when I when I listen to your your five values and you know two or three of them are made the list because of things that you're focused on in this year or things as of late right yeah and and i also think that you are probably an, an exception to what you typically run across in terms of somebody trying to really figure out core values i mean it's clear that you've you've talked about or you've thought about them you know in a, in a meaningful way you know some themes and again this isn't about me trying to instill my values on you, but, you know, themes that I heard there, you know, relationship and connection and you, you admitting at some point in your life, it was about, you know, getting the, the pat on the head, you know, but, you know, I heard, you know, a need for continual interconnectedness is the word that kind of came, came to my mind. And, and I talk about two, there's always two important relationships is the relationship with yourself and there's the relationship with the other and i mean that's kind of nebulous but however you define the other but the, you know everybody has to connect with something outside of themselves and your ability to do that is linked to the your ability to connect with yourself right so it's the relationship with yourself relationship with with the other balance was another one that i heard especially around you know the health and the energy you know that being being aware of things the demands in your life and how how is that going to if i if i say no or yes to this how is that going to impact all these other things that are important in my life right overcoming cancer is another big you know big piece of that right and then impact was another one that i heard that no matter no matter where you're at and you know what's in front of you 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 want it to be meaningful you you, you want it to have an impact right and so and then service you know so service was another one obviously that was a big part of what I heard from you. And so I think when you, when you think about, you know, if you're, if you're looking at the year of 2023 and you think, well, I, I need to be more resilient. I think that's more of an execution of a core value, right? Especially when you get granular, I want to do this thing, right? Well, that's probably linked back to a, to a core value. And it's probably not necessarily a core value in itself. Does that makes sense. Yeah. Now it's funny because when I think of the service, the resilience, though, I was thinking more like that I, I use that as a, that I am resilient. So I have an I am yeah. thought around it. Yeah. And I, I am resilient because why? If I'm not resilient, what what suffers? I don't even think of it that way. I think it more like just, it's a, it's just a statement. Mm -hmm. I, it, it, it is who I, I am resilient. It's How not come? like if I'm not resilient because I am. But are, are you always 100% resilient? No, no. And that, but that's okay. Like, I think I'm okay, I'm okay with not having, like, I, I don't have to attach that to, I have to be a hundred percent resilient all the time. It's just that knowing that I am resilient is the, is what gets me through things. So when a, when a point of adversity comes at you and it shows you that you weren't as resilient as you needed to be, or as you thought you were, what, what happens next? You know what the funny thing I can, I can reframe that to say, oh, I'm, I am resilient. If an adversity comes and knocks me down, I am resilient. Mm -hmm. 
So it's not that I'm less resilient or more resilient. It's just I am resilient. I will recover. I don't put a time like it doesn't. I don't need to put a timeline on it because that's yeah. where I got into trouble before. Is that I would see myself as not being a certain way because if I face an adversity and I couldn't overcome it in a month, well then, fuck, I'm a failure. Right. Right. Whereas now I look at it more towards no, I am resilient. Therefore, it doesn't have a a scale. Gotcha. Yeah. It is. It just is. It is. Yeah. It, I was. What came to my mind was was Les Brown. You know, he says if you. If you can look up, you can get up. <laughs> well, yeah, no, totally right, and it's and it's that yeah, funny because I shared a few, you know, movie movie soliloquies with uh, the group, and one of them was the Rocky one, where he's like, you just take a punch and just keep going, like that's right. what defines yeah. success. And then the other one was the any given my or any given Sunday, where it's like just fight for one more inch, one more inch, right? And yeah, that's really for me. It's just kind of like now I can embody that. That yeah, you can, I can get knocked out. Right. Yeah. But when I come to, I won't just lay there forever. Right. I may I may lay there for ten minutes. I may lay there for ten days. But I won't yeah. lay there forever. Yeah. Like that's not my DNA. Yeah. So I'll float this one out there then. So if if you if you're resilient in whatever the the present moment is, then you're not going to have an impact. Which one? Meaning that if you huh. hits hits you right, and you're like oh, I'm done. Well then then you you're no longer having an impact anymore. You're you're it's game over. Yeah, that's it. That's wow. That's really good. That's a really good one. I've never thought about why why am I resilient? Because I just can't sit here and do nothing. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I just can't sit here. And it's funny because I think somebody asked me the question like why why did you how long will you keep doing coaching? if it doesn't work financially. And I said, well, forever. Right. Because it's, it's more important for you to be in that, in that pursuit of having an impact. Yeah. Right? Knowing that the impact will come as long as you keep pursuing it, as long as you yeah. keep being resilient. It's like, I've, oh, sorry. One second. It just stopped okay. Sorry. We thought it was an intruder. It was just my wife. Yeah. And it's interesting. Cause it's like, I said, I said to one other peer, I was like, well, once you, once you see it, you can't unsee it. And it's, I think now that you said the impact, why do I get up? It's because I, I'm not going to just sit here and do nothing. Right. Yeah. And I, and I witnessed my dad, you know, he's 85. He's been retired 20 years. His day is wake up, have coffee, go have coffee with friends, come home, sit on the couch, watch TV, done. You know, maybe go for a walk with my mom. And I look at his retirement. I'm like, the fuck I can do that. That's not possible. Like I love sitting on the couch. I love watching TV, but how many hours? Yeah. Well, speaking of hours. Yeah. I need to, to jump off here, but of course. Uh, let, let me get your, your feedback. You know, what, what was something that you take away or what's something that caused you to think differently? Well, definitely the, the reducing it down to really a fixed point and how it shows up. I think that was really impact. Like that was really an eye-opening one for me. Like, Oh, how does it show up? Like if I can't see how it drives my decisions, right. like that was really important to see. Yeah. And that some of these values could just be executions of values. Yeah. So for me, that was really, really good to see that because it does help me to to yeah. really hone it in. That's why right. sometimes it's important to work it. You know, if you're starting step zero, right, and you're starting with core values, and then you're in, but it can be important to work it backwards too. So I think you have to work it forwards, and you have to work it backwards. Yeah. 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 No, that was awesome. That was so awesome. I want to have you. I want to interview. Like. Yeah, absolutely. When can I book you? Yeah. You can either use that link again if it works for you, or you can okay. send me, if you have a, a scheduling link, then you can send it to me and, and I can pick a time. All right. Awesome. Because this really was helpful. I'm plan on posting on the DEA right now Perfect. to just so that, you know, we can share the, the wealth. Absolutely. I really appreciate it though, Nick. This was really, really good. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I did learn a lot. Do more together in the future. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Yeah. Have a great weekend. Okay. You too. All right. Bye-bye. 
that was a powerful experience with Pete. I hope it was valuable for you as a listener. If you're trying to make sense of your core values and need help, reach out to Dr. Nick Sotelo. A 30-minute call should be all that's needed to get you crystal clear on your core values and what you're going to be doing moving forward. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Upgraded Life Podcast. This show doesn't exist without you, the listeners, and so I appreciate each and every one of you. If you want to show your appreciation back to me and to this podcast, there's a couple ways to do that. One way is to be subscribed to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. If you are an Apple user, you can go over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review. All of those things help. And now I want to talk about two projects that I have going that are out there that I think are very important if you're the right person for them. So the first project is my anger resolution program. And this is for men, fathers that own businesses that have anger that's completely out of control. And if that's you, I have developed a program specifically for that so that you can get complete control of your anger, that you can rebuild the relationship with your loved ones, and that you can make your business more profitable. That is all contained in my anger resolution program. If you want the info about that, check out the show notes and there'll be a link there for you for anger resolution. The other project that I have going, which is equally as important in my mind, and it's a lot of fun, is based around blockchain and cryptocurrency education. So if you've listened to this podcast this year in 2023, you will have heard that several of them have focused on cryptocurrency. And that's not by accident. That's been a big part of my uh, free time, my extra time, and my financial strategy uh, over the last uh, 18 months or so. So I have founded, together with some partners, a organization called The Ultimate Crypto Startup, and we offer crypto education. Our Crypto 101 course is completely free, and it is designed for the person who knows traditional finance, and they're curious about the world of decentralized finance. So if that's you, but you, you don't even know what a Bitcoin is, you don't even know what blockchain is or how blockchain technology works, Crypto 101 is exactly what you need to build that knowledge into you so that way you can look at the world of decentralized finance from an informed vantage point. So Crypto 101, if you want info on that, again, look in the show notes and you will find the link for that course. All right, my listeners to the Upgraded Life podcast, I'm going to sign off for now and I'm going to urge you to do something as soon as this show is done to upgrade your life to boost your mindset. Take action today.